love that. I don't know what you brought in here with you this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I promise you that whatever it is that you need, it is found in the name of Jesus. It is found in the name of Jesus. And this is a place of hope. This is a place of healing. This is a place of peace and purpose. And I am so excited that you are here today. For those of you I haven't had the chance to talk to or meet yet, my name is Eric and I'm the youth pastor here. And I'm excited to be speaking on Kids Day because as a church, the, the value that we have in kids is extreme. Kids and students just, they, we say yes to the next generation here at Core Church because we believe something to be true. We believe that kids and students, they're not the future of the church. They're the church now. And we are going to do everything in our power as a church to equip them and to give them whatever they need for success because they're leading the way and they're going to change things. They're going to change church as we know it, this next generation. And that is why we say yes. And so Kids Day is our chance to recognize that as a church and recognize that with the other organizations that are here in our community that say yes to the next generation. If you got your Bibles with you, grab those open and go to, grab those open, grab those out and open those. Words are hard. And go to Psalm chapter 8 where we're going to start this morning. I love this psalm. This is written by King David, and he writes it to give us an incredible picture of who God is that's going to be really helpful for us today. If you don't have a Bible, by the way, I encourage you to grab your your smart device, your phone, your tablet, whatever you brought with you, and go to your app store and download version. That'll be really, really helpful for you. And I read out of the New Living Translation if you're going to follow along. And again, that is Psalm chapter 8, starting at verse 1 through verse 2. It says, O Lord, our Lord, Your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You've taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. Another translation of verse two says this, you've taught children and infants to sing of your praise. I love that. Today, what we're gonna talk about is how without wonder, nothing can be wonderful. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this chance that we have to be here together. I thank you for the chance that we have to honor our kids and our students. God, I thank you for the voice of the next generation. I thank you for instilling within them a sense of wonder, a sense of awe. And God, I pray that as we, uh, as we continue this morning, that we are open to receive your word that we would learn from it, we would apply it to our life, and that that would lead to life change. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Taught children and infants to sing of your praise. Oh, I love that. David knew what he was doing when he wrote that psalm. Well, when my oldest son, his name is Noah, he's nine now, but when he was four years old, we had quite the adventure in the grocery store. So we'd go in together as a family, and my oldest son, Noah, just bolts off to the the fish section, and he finds something that, to his wonder-filled eyes, was incredible. And what does he find? He finds a catfish, a whole catfish that is dead as ever, that is wrapped, and as far as he's concerned, is ready for our family to enjoy that night for dinner. And so he takes it out of the cooler, and he brings it over to my wife. And when I say that he brings it over to my wife, that was not something that was quick. That was not something that was discreet. My wife is from New York, and the New Yorker in my four-year-old little boy 
came out in that moment. And if you don't know anything about New Yorkers, they are loud and they are proud. So here's my son. He takes this catfish, whole catfish, by the way, which he's just overwhelmed with the fact that this catfish has whiskers. He's like, it's like a cat and a fish, but it's a catfish. So he grabs it and he takes it over and he's like, mom, mom, look at this catfish. It's a fish and it's a cat. And can we, can we take it home? Can we eat it? Can we eat it tonight for dinner? And then here's the strangest request, as if none of this is strange. He goes, can I eat both of its eyeballs? <laughs> now, what gave my son the idea to eat both of its eyeballs? I still don't know. But, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, we got to butcher this thing. We got to skin it. We got to do whatever you do to a fish. I don't know what that is. And I'm like, can we just not go to the barbecue place and order breaded catfish like a normal family would do, you know? And I look at my wife and I'm like, no, 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 no. And she looks at my son and she leans in and she smiles like she normally does in situations like this. And she says, sure, that'd be so much fun. And my son, the way that his facial expressions and his body language changed, I mean, it was... He was overwhelmed, and it was a mixture of contentment, of joy, of wonder, and awe about what was about to take place. And so he takes this catfish, and he cradles it close to his body like it was the only catfish in the grocery store, or like somebody was going to steal it. I don't know what was going through his mind. And then he proceeded to make sure that everybody in the grocery store knew that we were taking this catfish home for dinner. He was stopping people dead in their tracks. And was saying things like, excuse me, excuse me, do, do you see this? This is a catfish. It's a cat and it's a fish and we're going to eat it. Excuse me, excuse me, we're taking this catfish home. Do you see this? Excuse me. Hey, just so you know, I'm going to eat both of its eyeballs. And so we get up to the checkout line and the guy behind the register, he's scanning our groceries. You know, you hear the boop, boop. And then the catfish comes along, and the guy looks up, and he goes, the catfish people. I followed you all throughout the store. And in my humanness, I'm like hiding my face. And when, when my son Noah, he looks up, and he goes, isn't it wonderful? And he sits back like this after the catfish was scanned, and he's just like, oh. And in that moment, he was so overwhelmed and at peace and overwhelmed with the sense of wonder and awe of what just happened in his tiny little life that we were going to take home this catfish. And I got to tell you, there is something, Kyler, your name tag's on stage. There is something amazing when a child is fully absorbed in a moment. The wonder and the awe that they have in the simplest things is just Incredible, and it is a wonder to behold this childlike faith and wonder that kids have in everything. And I know what you're thinking. So we get home, and we cook up the catfish. Noah has three helpings. I can't believe how much food that kid still eats. And he saves the eyeballs for dessert, like to top it all off, except with not a cherry, with two eyeballs. And we had cut them out prior to cooking the fish because he wanted the full experience. And it's just as Gross as it sounds, I mean, they were gooey, they were crunchy, and they were disgusting. And, 
And you know grapes, those really plump grapes that you get and you buy them and that little bit of boop, grape juice kind of pops out. That was my son with these eyeballs. But he, he loved it. He couldn't believe it. He's like, this is the best thing in the world. And being able to see that in him is incredible. Just that sense of childlike wonder and awe and being fully present in a moment. And there is this sense of awe and this sense of wonder that has been placed into the heart of every single child. And it has been placed in there by God. But then something happens as we grow older. Life happens, and it's like life just has a way of beating that sense of awe and wonder out of us. And we, we can lose that sense of childlike faith and childlike wonder. And maybe that's because we fail. Maybe that's because we answer a question that we feel confident about when it comes to a life experience that we end up being wrong, wrong about. Or maybe we pour our time and our energy and our resources and our money into something only to have it blow up in our face. Maybe we lose something or we lose someone. And then if we're not careful, this, this hardness begins to cover our, our heart. And we can become bitter and we can become cynical. And we can begin to roll our eyes and we can begin to sigh. And we can begin to th- say things like, well, no, of course, I knew it. It's just kind of the way that life goes, isn't it? But kids, kids are the best. I mean, kids just believe. They just have this faith, this innocence that is just an incredible thing to experience. And when it comes to questions, they ask question after question. They don't care that they don't know the answer to something simply by watching a YouTube tutorial video, right? We watch those DIYs and we're like, oh, I got this. And we don't, we're just lying to ourselves. But kids, they ask questions that they don't even know the answer to. They're not afraid of being wrong. And when kids get in trouble or when kids get called out on something, 10 minutes later, they don't care. They're back to building the rocket or whatever it was that they were doing. They have more important things to do than to wallow in getting in trouble or called out on something. But, oh boy, but adults, when we get called out on something and when we get in trouble, we let something so small ruin our our day or our week or a vacation, something so small. And I've heard my wife on different occasions say, honey, are you really going to let something so small ruin our weekend? Yes. (laughs) Because I'm an adult. And that's what we do. We let the smallest things ruin our joy. But think about this. What if we didn't do that? What if we didn't do that? What if instead we tried to unlearn so much of what we've learned growing up and we tried to rediscover our childlike faith and our childlike wonder? Like we read from David earlier, God has taught infants and children to sing of his praise. But for some reason, we get older and we, and we forget that. We forget that there are incredible things to see and incredible things to experience every single day. We forget that we can be God's hand at work in the world, and we forget that God is doing a new thing that we get to be a part of. And Jesus says something really, really interesting. He says that if we are going to see it, if we are going to experience it, that we have to become like a child. We have to become like a child. 
So what does that mean? How, how do we rediscover our childlike faith, our childlike wonder? So, because sometimes we can get caught. We can get caught between this world of rules and, and this, this, rule, this world of do's and don'ts. And we can pride ourselves on this list of things that we don't do. And having wonder and awe can be one of those things. It's like that we've forgotten that without wonder, nothing can be wonderful. I want you to say that with me. Say that out loud. Without wonder, nothing can be wonderful. Turn to somebody next to you, behind you, and say, without wonder, nothing can be wonderful. Listen to what Jesus says. I mentioned it a little bit ago, but listen to what Jesus says in context in Matthew chapter 18 when it comes to childlike faith. Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest? Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among him. And then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. Isn't that amazing that Jesus says if we are to experience the new thing that God is doing, that we have to become, what does he say, like a child. And what I love about the disciples is they missed it here, right? The disciples, they're coming to Jesus with an agenda. They're coming to Jesus asking a question that they think that they already know the answer to when they're asking the question, hey, so who's the greatest? And now, let's give them a break, okay, because the disciples have been with Jesus, and they've seen, and they've done, and they've experienced some incredible things, okay? So they're just wondering where they stand kind of in the midst of all that. So they come, and they're asking this question, hey, so who's the greatest? And they're waiting, they're waiting to hear Jesus say, you are. And what they're doing in that moment is they're posting a sign, like, who's the greatest? It's me, isn't it, right? Like, just, just, I know what you're going to say, just say it. I do that a lot. Like when I mow the lawn, I post signs. I mean, not like real signs. Like I don't write these signs and post them, but I do. So which one is it? You'll, you'll, you'll have to decide. So when I mow the lawn, I step back and I'm like, man, whoever mowed this lawn did a really good job. <laughs> right? That's, that's posting a sign. And then I'll be around my kids and I'll say, boy, the lawn sure looks great. They don't care. And then, and then when my wife is around, or, or, or our neighbors for that matter, I'll post another sign, and I'll be like, man, whoever mowed this lawn knows what they're doing. So what am I doing in that moment? I'm posting a sign. So who's the greatest? Just say it. Who's the greatest? It's me, right? I missed it. The disciples missed it. I, I missed it. But Jesus, what I love about the way that he responds to that who's the greatest question is he flips it on its head. He says, whoever will humble themselves like a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Basically, what he's saying to his disciples is, to his disciples, so what you're doing, that's not what you're doing. When you're asking this question, you're not humbling yourself. That, that's not what's happening here. And something that we've got to understand is there is a big difference. Don't miss this. There's a big difference between childlike and childish. Huge difference. Okay, childish 
is the question that the disciples are bringing to Jesus, right? This, that, that's a childish question. So who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? It's me, right, 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 right? That's a childish question. Childish is when you fold your arms and you stomp your feet, when things don't work out the way that you thought that they would, or when you get an answer to a question that you thought you weren't gonna get. And scripture doesn't tell us this, so I'm taking a little bit of, a, of liberty here, but I love to think that that was the disciples' reaction when Jesus gives them his answer about the greatest being one who humbles himself, like this child. And I imagine the disciples like, well, what does he know? Just stomping their feet. That's a childish reaction. And childish is when we feel like we need to rain on somebody's parade. And I, I do this, and I don't know why I, I do this sometimes. Sometimes we feel like we need to be the social police. You know, when somebody's having a great day, oh, well, just wait till life hits you. <laughs> then you'll see. Or new parents, or people that are going to become parents. Maybe somebody has told you this, or maybe you're going to hear it soon. We can, uh, we can see how a, kid, or how a parent is reacting to a newborn. And, and I've, I've said this, I'd be like, hey, just, you know, they're, they're cute now when, they're, when you're holding them and, you're, and they're, they're sleeping and they're not crying and they're not needing to eat. Like, they're, they're great now, but oh boy, you just wait until they get older. And some of you are thinking, you just wait until they are teenagers. It is a whole new ball game. But why do we say that, right? That's a childish thing to say. When it comes to new believers too, we can see somebody come to Christ for the very first time, and they are so excited and beside themselves. And as far as they're concerned, their life without Christ is gone, and their life with Christ is incredible. And they'll say things like this. They'll say things like, my life with Christ is amazing. Everything in my life is wonderful. Can you believe it? And then for some reason, I feel like I need to come on the backside of that and be like, hey, hey, whoa. Like, hit the brakes, simmer down you're gonna have problems. Now, is that true? Yes, we're gonna have problems in life. But here's the thing, nobody shows up to a wedding with a casket. That's not what we do in moments like that. And so when we were, when we were responding like that, that's a childish thing to do. But here's childlike. Childlike means everything, everything is wonderful. And children have this way of seeing things for the first time. And seeing them for the first time over and over and over again. I don't know if you've been around a, a baby when they discover their hands. Oh my goodness. I mean, they're sitting there and they're just having a good time and eating peaches or whatever. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> this thing is here that I am in control of. And they're not saying this, of course, but you can see it in their face, right? And then, if that's not good enough, there's a second one. They're like, oh, do you see this? I, I, look at this. I'm doing this. Again, they don't say that, but I love to imagine that's what's going on in the mind of a child. That, that, that ability to see things with wonder and awe. And it's like with, uh, with my son last week at camp. Uh, all my kids came again, and they've come to camp for years. But Zeke, my middle son, he's never stayed out late for a late-night camp game. And I said, Zeke? This is your time, buddy. This is your year. Tonight, you get to stay out for a late-night camp game. What are we going to do? What's it like? And I'm like, well, you know, we're going to play some games, and we're going to go swimming. We're going to go swimming at night? Now, think, think this to yourself. What is swimming like at night? 
It's about the same, right? <laughs> Except it's dark. But for him, he was just beside himself. And that's the ability of children to see things for the first time. That wonder and that awe that children have. And so I go and I pick him up at his cabin and I pick up my son Noah as well. He's coming too. And he's, he's done his late night can thing. But Zeke, he walks out of the cabin and goes, my first late night camp game. Oh, yes. And he's just so excited. He's beside himself. And I'm thinking in that moment, I've done camp for years. And late night camp games, I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes. But for him, he was seeing it for the very first time and everything was wonderful, right? Without wonder, nothing can be wonderful. It's like when a student experiences church camp for the very first time. We had a student come with us Last week, his name's Noah Rivero. It was his first chance to come with us to middle school camp. And he had a blast. And again, being able to see it through their eyes. There's a menu at camp of our, of our breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And uh, same camp I've been going to since I was in middle school. And the menu's about the same. And so you just kind of learn to know what to expect. Tuesday, what are we going to have for lunch on Tuesday? We're going to have tacos in a bag. And it's just as wonderful as it sounds, except it's in a bag. I mean, it's, what a concept, right? But Noah, he's never experienced this. And so we're sitting down at the table where we eat our meals and we're having lunch. And I just, you know, I just start eating. And he takes a bite and he's like, whoa, I just felt Jesus in that first bite. And I'm like, yeah, I did too. This is, wow, this is incredible. Just that overwhelming sense of awe that they have when they see things for the first time. And when it comes to our faith, childlike faith is realizing that faith is fun. That is a childlike response as a follower of Jesus. Oh my goodness, the life that we're able to live because of Christ. But for so many people though, faith isn't fun. It's a list of rules and it's a list of do's and don'ts and it's this thing that we pride ourselves on that we don't do, right? Just that sense of, wow, I don't do this, I don't do this. But here's what we gotta remember is that we should be having fun in our faith. We should be having fun at church with the people that God has surrounded ourselves with. And that is what I love about Court Church because we have fun. I mean, did you not see these kids up here that were going crazy with the song and the music and the motions and, and talking about the fruits of the Holy Spirit? I just love that. Like, we have fun and when somebody gets baptized, one of my favorite things is when somebody gets baptized, but another one of my favorite things is when somebody's at our church for the very first time, when somebody's getting baptized, oh my goodness. Because if you've never been here for a baptism, we, it's a party. Like we freak out. We are clapping and cheering and we're standing up and we're hooping and hollering. And when somebody sees that for the very first time, they're like, this is kind of a big deal. Yes, yes it is. Because we realize that somebody has just passed from death to life in Christ, and that is worth celebrating, right? That is childlike faith, realizing that faith is fun. And I love, I love how Jesus says to humble yourself like a child. Because that's what kids do. They humble themselves, and they come under the authority of people, and they trust. And how do we see that in kids? Well, think about when they're two and they ask a question. Hey, so why can't I walk out into the street? And an adult or a parent responds, well, because it's dangerous. Kid responds, oh, okay. That was easy. 
And then when they're teenagers, they ask questions. And uh, and a loving adult or a parent responds, because I said so. And the teenager responds, oh, okay. So we're in agreement here. Those people that are laughing, they're parents of teenagers. Because they're like, teenagers don't respond that way. But maybe they will. I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for you. You'll see. It's going to be a real treat. Jesus says, Jesus says, whoever, whoever is humble. So as a follower of Jesus, what does that mean? That means to humble yourself under the authority of Jesus and get to know God, get to know God through his word and trust him. Even when you don't understand, even when you're asking God for something and you're you're asking a question that maybe you feel like you haven't gotten the answer to. Childlike faith is trusting God and who he is and believing in what God is capable of doing. That's what childlike faith and living in the wonder and awe of who God is by believing that anything is possible. Anything is possible. And as a church, that is what we do. As a church, we humble ourselves under the authority of God because we believe and we know and we have seen it time and time again that what God has in store for our church is better than anything that we could ever have planned, better than any idea that we could ever come up with. It's better than any, anything that we could plan. We humble ourselves and we trust God to do what only God can do. And what's happened because of that? We have kids that are on stage that are going crazy celebrating the fruits of the Holy Spirit that they're, that they're grabbing a hold of. Childlike faith and childlike wonder. So maybe you're sitting there and you're asking the question, okay, so this all sounds great for a kid because it's just instilled within them. They don't know any different. But I've grown up and I kind of know the reality of the world and I've learned a thing or two. Oh, but to live in the wonder and the awe of God and to see things new for the first time over and over again, how, how do I rediscover? How do I rediscover that childlike faith? What does that look like to live in the wonder and the awe of God? And what do we see here that Jesus says? Jesus says to humble yourself like a child. That person is the greatest. But what does that look like, though? What is it that we can do to rediscover our childlike faith and wonder? I think it looks like a couple things. First thing I think that it looks like is to give yourself freedom to dream again. You remember when you used to do that? Remember when you used to build a fort and sit in the fort and be like, oh my goodness, life does not get any better than this. I love that in kids because they just do these things and they have these dreams and they just go for it. But as we get older, we stop taking risks because we might fail. But when it comes to a dream that God has placed inside of you, when it comes to a hope and a dream that you hear in somebody else, don't squash that. Stoke the fire of those dreams and stoke them in yourself. That's what childlike faith looks like. It's when we hear a dream or a hope or a promise that we feel like God has given us, when we stoke the fire in that and in the dreams and the hopes of our friends and our family, that is what childlike faith looks like. So give yourself freedom to dream again. Turn to somebody next to you, turn to somebody behind you and say, dream again. 
dream again. And here's another thing, how to rediscover our childlike faith and live in the wonder and awe of God is share your faith. Share your faith with your friends. Parents, share your faith with your kids. Have your kids pray. Praying over a meal is one of the easiest ways to give your kids the freedom to do that. And for some reason, it's like we have to race to the table at my house to see who's gonna be the first one to pray. And and so one time, my kids just kind of bulldozed over their youngest brother, Isaac, and Noah was like, I'm gonna pray. And Isaac's like, but I wanted to pray. I was like, Isaac, why don't you pray for us? And he goes, okay. How do I start this again? (laughs) Right? It's childlike faith. I don't know. And I'm like, well, buddy, just talk about your day. Say something that you're thankful for. Oh, yeah, sure. Jesus, I'm really excited about this spaghetti. Oh, and uh, guess what? I got really mad in class today, and I'm glad it's almost summer. Amen. Like, isn't that great? Just short and sweet. But the thing is, for him, it was real, it was honest, and it's okay to pray that way. So turn to somebody next to you, turn to somebody behind you and say, we can pray that way. And another thing that we can do to rediscover this childlike wonder is share miracles. Share miracles with your friends and with your family about what God has done in your life. Talk about the way that God has transformed you. And here's another thing. Include your kids, parents, include your kids in the prayers that you're praying together as a a family. And I would go as far to say, include your kids in the prayers that you're praying for things that you don't understand. Include your kids in the prayers that you're praying for things that you're afraid of. A couple years ago, a couple summers ago, when I had to have surgery on my hand, the fear and the anxiety that was coming over me in that season of my life was unreal. And here I was, I'm looking at my hand that needs to be repaired, and I'm looking at what I feel like God has called me to do in my life. And I'm like, oh, I really need my hand. This is kind of a big deal. But what if it doesn't, what if the surgery doesn't correct it? What if it doesn't work? What if I don't wake up from the surgery? What's gonna happen? Fear and anxiety. But we began to be praying about that as a family. And one night at dinner, my son Zeke, my middle son, he comes over to me. We're sitting at the table, and he comes up to me right here, just those huge brown eyes, and he goes, Dad, can I pray for your hand? I was like, yes, yeah, you can pray for my hand. Like when a kid comes up to you like that, you've got to say yes. It's like when they hand you a fake phone. You answer it. So my, my <laughs> you all, you better. So my hand's on the table. He goes, I'm going to put my hand on top of yours. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. He puts his hand on top of mine. He says, God, thank you for my daddy's hand. And thank you that if, his, if he loses his thumb, that he's still got nine more fingers. That's a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, that is a lot. You know, because for him, he's looking at him, he's like, you lose one, nine, that, hey, that's pretty great. And I'm like, that is great. <laughs> wow. Just living in that childlike faith and wonder. Yeah, nine, boy, that is a lot. And another way for us to rediscover our childlike faith and wonder is to say, wow. Say, wow. Don't say how. Don't say how. 
So turn to somebody next to you and say, wow. Wow. Doesn't that feel great? Wives, I need your attention. This is going to be really good. You're going to love this. When your husband, when your husband comes home and they talk about something that they want to build, something that they want to buy, something that they want to go do and experience, here's what you do, okay? You hear us out. You give us our moment, okay, our time to shine, whatever you want to call it, whatever. It's all the same. And then after we're done, this is what you do. You go, Honey, did you think about that all by yourself? <laughs> and here's what's going to happen. We are going to perk up, and our shoulders are going to go back farther than they ever have or should. And we're going to be like, yeah, I did. And again, here's how you respond. You go, And we're going, to be, we're going to be good. And here's what you do in that moment. You hand us a bag of chips. You give us a Dr. Pepper. You give us the remote to watch the game. And here's the reality of what just took place. That thing that we're going to buy, do, or experience, it's not going to happen. Like, we're never going to think about it again because we've been affirmed in that moment by you saying, wow. The husbands, you're like, great, great. That was the one thing I had on him, and now it's gone. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's going to feel good, though, that wow. Parents, when it comes to our kids, when it comes to a dream that they have or something that they feel like they want to do, something that they want to grow up to be, it's really easy in those moments to say how. I don't know how you're going to do that. I don't know how you're going to make that happen. I don't know how you're going to have the money for that. Instead of saying that, say wow. Because here's what you're doing. You're affirming the childlike faith and wonder and awe that God has placed in their heart. And you're affirming that kids believe that everything is possible. Anything is possible. Every kid believes that. And when we say, wow, we affirm that. And that is something, man, yeah. That is something that we have tried so hard to do in our families to say, wow. And, and hear me out. It's not like we say yes to everything. We're just saying, wow, and affirming that wonder and awe that kids have that anything is possible. Last December, there was a Christmas candy parade in downtown Broken Arrow, and everybody's walking by and throwing out candy, but then this group of people come that are dressed like Star Wars characters, and my kids freaked. They thought it was the coolest thing. They thought that they were the real Star Wars people. One of my boys was like, Luke, I just saw your movie. I loved it. This guy bends down. He's like, thanks, man. Here's a Tootsie Roll. He's like, oh, yeah, puts it in his bag. His life was made. But then they walked by, and other people in the parade came, and they weren't dressed up like Star Wars characters. And one of my kids goes, man, it'd be so cool if the whole parade was Star Wars. And I'm like, you know what? That really would be cool. And then I saw the gears in the brain of my oldest child begin to turn. And he turns to me, and he says, Dad, after church tomorrow, we're going to have a Star Wars candy parade that's going to be all Star Wars. It's going to be after church. It's going to be for our entire neighborhood and our entire church family. It's very resolved in that moment. And in my mind, I'm thinking, uh, how are we going to make this happen? We don't have the costumes. We don't have the, pro the, the, the props. We don't have the candy that they had. We don't have the time. But I, I, I lean in, and I'm like, wow, Noah, that'd be a lot of fun. What a great idea. 
Then we go to church the next morning, and first service is great. In between first and second service, my boys, they rally together. They start making these invitations. Star Wars Candy Parade. There's our address. You're invited. And then they start handing these invitations to people. Second service is over. I'm like, cool, what a great day. Let's go home and have lunch, and it was, it's going to be fun. They're handing out more invitations. I still don't know what's going on. I get home, and my phone is blowing up. <laughs> people are saying, Eric, is, did, did we miss the parade? Is there any way that you can delay the parade from starting? Have we missed it? Is it still happening? Is it? And I'm like, Noah, what did you do? And he's like, Dad, people are coming. It's going to be incredible. And in my humanness, here's a human moment, I respond and I'm like, buddy, how, how are we going to do this? We don't have the time. We don't have the resources. We don't have the candy. Buddy, it's not going to look the way you want it to. I honestly don't know how we're going to do this. And I look at my wife and she's just smiling like she always does. And my son smiles, and it, take, it took him 30 seconds. And he ran in my bathroom, grabbed my bathrobe, dumped it at my feet, threw a lightsaber on top of that. He got dressed in his Star Wars costume. My other boys got dressed in their Star Wars costumes. They grabbed their leftover Halloween candy and the candy that they got from the candy parade the day earlier, put it in Ziploc bags. My son Noah grabs the decorations of Star Wars that he has in his bedroom, puts tape on the back of it, slaps it to the side of my car. And as far as he was concerned, we were ready to go. That's childlike faith, right? Living in the awe and wonder of God that anything is possible. And I lean in and I'm like, hmm. Wow. So I put on my bathrobe and I cinch the lightsaber to my, my waist. And we go outside because there's people that are there that are ready for this parade. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, and some of you were there for that parade. Here's a picture of us when we started. <laughs> ah. There it is. <laughs> oh, for those of you that weren't there for the parade, the first Sunday in December is our second annual Starways parade. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. They've contacted Mark Hamill, and as far as they're concerned, he's going to show up being Luke and leading the charge. Oh, my goodness. But you know what I learned that day? Here's what I learned. When you say wow and you worry about the how later, God just does something really, really special. And it works out and becomes something that we, we couldn't have planned, we couldn't have anticipated, and it's something that is beautiful. That childlike faith and awe and wonder and dreams I don't have teenagers, but I work with them. And I see them come in on a Wednesday night, and some of them are so full of hope and dreams, things that they feel like God has placed inside of them to do. But then there's some that come, and they feel like their dreams have been squashed, and they feel like they don't have the freedom to ask questions or to have doubts. And this is what I love about our church. This is what I love about our youth ministry. The students come in on a Wednesday night. We have fun. We sing some songs. There's a teaching, and then we break up into small group rooms. And it's in those small group rooms that the wonder and the awe of God takes place. Because in those conversations, students are exploring their faith. And they're asking questions, and they're having doubts. And they're asking, how does this 
really pertain in my life. I don't, I don't understand this. And you're asking, like, I, I don't get it. And what's really cool is that there's parents that they don't know how to respond. They don't know what to do. And the small group leaders come alongside with them. They do life with these parents. And what's really cool to see is how those parents are overwhelmed with this sense of awe and wonder and the questions that their students are asking and in the faith that they're building. And what's so cool is when you witness a student building their faith, we get built up by that as well. Later on in Matthew, Jesus says something really cool. The, these parents bring their kids to Jesus to have Jesus bless them. And the disciples, oh, these disciples, come on, guys, you gotta get this. They're like, hey, 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 what are you doing? Don't, don't bring these kids, don't bother Jesus. A chapter earlier, Jesus just said, whoever welcomes these kids is welcoming me. And here are the disciples not welcoming the kids. I'm like, you guys, Jesus says, no, let them come. The kingdom of heaven belongs to these kids. And then he places his hands on them and he blesses them. And as a church, that is what we do. We bring our kids and our students to Jesus. And when we do that, we are humbling ourselves under the authority of God. And what happens because of that is our church You guys, our church has been so blessed by that. So think about what could happen as a parent, as a mom, as a dad, for you to bring your kid to Jesus, to humble yourself under the authority of God and just say, God, I don't understand what's going on. You do. All things are possible. Here is my kid. I trust you. In that moment, God, the creator of the universe, places his hands on our heads and he blesses us. And we, when we live our life that way, when we live in the childlike faith and wonder and awe of God, when we give kids and students a safe place to explore their faith and ask questions and have doubts, we are blessed by that. And our faith is built up in a way that we right now in this moment cannot even begin to understand, but we will experience it. And it is gonna be a wonder-filled event because without wonder, Nothing is wonderful. And that is what we hold true to as a church. That with God, we're gonna say wow. And we're gonna trust God to do what he's gonna do.